Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. Merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store, and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello and welcome to the Sports History Network Showcase, our in-house show featuring SHN podcasters talking sports, talking history, and talking sports history. My name is Oz Davis, host of the Sports History Network's Truly the Goats podcast. On this week's showcase, I'm welcoming Andrew Newman and Dan Newman of the Sports History Network's Hello Old Sports podcast. How are you guys doing this evening? I We're doing pretty well, I think. Um, I... Uh... I'm probably a little colder than my brother. I think he's coming to us from his uh, winter residence down in Florida, whereas I am in uh, frigid New York, so getting ready for some snow. So doing pretty well, a little tired, but um, none the worse for wear, I guess. It could be worse. You could be freezing and powerless in Texas. That's true. (laughs) In any case, uh, let's get right to it. Uh, What gave you the inspiration to start the podcast uh, let me go to dan first so i had been sort of a, a casual listener of arnie's podcast our flagship show the football history dude and one week i was listening to um or I, shouldn't say I was li- i was listening but i was also looking at his show description on my phone and it said he was part of the Sports History Network, and I figured, let me check that out. And so I went to the website, and I saw something that said, you know, we're always looking to add new shows. And so Andrew is definitely the one with more of a communications background than I have. He studied communications in college. He hosted a sports show on college radio in addition to doing play-by-play and that type of thing. And then he had done a show on – the local public radio, the public access uh, channel, I shouldn't say public access, the local um, public radio channel in Pauling, New York. And I had occasionally either I called in quite frequently and I had gone up and hosted with him, you know, six or seven times probably. And so he and I had always kind of liked to go back and forth uh, at holidays and that type of thing about different sports history things. I remember one time, we lived together for a couple of years in D.C. and I remember just going sitting there one day trying to figure out and, you know, go back and see how far we could going and who had been in the the conference championship for each sport going back like 10 or 15 years. So we just really always like to do that type of thing. And I had listened to a lot of sports history podcasts. I had helped out with um, there's a podcast out there called Baseball by the Book uh, that Justin McGuire does. And I'd helped out. I help. I'd still do help out. 
on occasion with that podcast. And so when I saw the opportunity, I just I jumped at it and I sent Andrew a message. I said, hey, would you be interested in doing a sports history podcast with me? And he said he was. And so I emailed Arnie and talked to him and really just, you know, it's just a lot of fun to have a lot of these conversations that we would probably be having in some form otherwise. And it's just kind of cool to do it every week as a podcast. What about it? Has that always been the goal for you to be in broadcasting, to flex that communications degree muscle? I, I went to LaSalle University in Philadelphia, and I think, you know, coming out of high school, that was sort of I think it's sort of the natural progression for a lot of kids who grow up loving sports. First, when you're a little kid, you think you're going to be a professional athlete and then the body only goes to five, eight and, you know, not. Well, turns out going to college was helped me add the weight that I would have needed to play professional sports, but not in the, um, you know, so the, sort of the, the progression was, well, I can maybe talk about sports. And I went to LaSalle and WEXP was the campus radio station. And we had a sports director there who was really trying to expand the portfolio. So we started doing a lot of, we did all the basketball games, men's and women's, uh, we did football and soccer and baseball, and then I also had a studio show, which was kind of, I guess, my dream at the time. But, you know, I graduated from college, and life got in the way, and it turns out the Yankees already had an announcer. So, <laughs> you know, I sort of went in the path of just basically finding jobs and, you know, sort of got away from doing any any kind of broadcasting. But about five, six years ago – um, like Dan mentioned, a guy I've known for a long time uh, was doing a show on this public radio station in Pauling and asked me if I wanted to do a sports show with him. We started doing that, did that for a few years, first with a partner, then on my own. A couple of years ago, sort of decided it was better to do it on my own for various reasons we don't need to get into. But, um, you know, so I was just started doing it on Facebook Live for lack of a better venue and then this opportunity came up. So, you know, doing the, the history show with my brother and then still doing sort of my local, um, more contemporary sports. Just I've long since given up that I will ever cash a paycheck in broadcasting. But now it's just fun to have that uh, that outlet, so to speak. Oh, someday when Sports History Network rules the world, you'll cash a paycheck. <laughs> Welcome to Hello Old Sports, the newest podcast on the Sports History Network. I'm Dan Newman, and I host the show along with my brother Andrew. Each week, we'll examine a different sports history topic. Baseball, basketball, football, hockey, boxing, and anything else that comes to mind. We'll travel back to 1920 to relive the founding of the Negro Leagues and Babe Ruth's first season with the New York Yankees. Or to 1967 to recount the close. Let me ask you this one. Uh, what's the concept behind Hello, sports for any new listeners, uh, anyone who's not familiar with your show. How would you describe the show? I would say it's sort of anything and everything about the history of sports. I also would say it's probably a, any conversation that Andrew and I would have at a holiday or when we were visiting each other is fair game. We don't have – and there's some great – podcasts on the sports history network most most focused on football some focus on their sports that have a logic you know whether it's uh darren's show where he does this day in 
football history or even your show where you talk about the greatest of all time in various areas of sport and competition, we don't have a specific theme. We can kind of go in any direction. We just finished recording an interview. Um, it was our first time we've had an author on as a guest with a guy by the name of Paul Nepper who wrote a book about the Knicks of the 1990s. So we might go into a very specific area like that. We've done shows on Army football. Uh, we did um, shows on 1920 in baseball and 1920 in professional sports in general. And then we'll also do, you know, lists and rankings. We did the Mount Rushmore of each team for quarterbacks. We did the the 30-man all-time Yankee roster and the 30-man all-time New York National League team roster. So it really is sort of any conversation about sports history that we find interesting. We don't we don't limit ourselves. We do try and come up with these little sort of I guess you'd call the mini series almost where for a few weeks in a row we'll devote the shows to the same topic or the same general theme. I think the best example of this and as you were a part of this was uh, when we did our in memoriam episodes at the end of the year when we talked about you know any number of athletes who passed away in 2020 and you came on to talk about Kobe and we had some others from the network on to talk about various people we had our dad on to talk about Dick Allen of the Phillies so we'll really kind of go anywhere with it as long as it's got some sort of tie-in to the history of sports either recent or not so recent obviously being who we are and being where we're from both you know obviously as brothers we, we naturally grew up in the same area but both having grown up in the new york area i'd say probably about our third of our shows so far have had some sort of a new york tie-in yankees giants knicks that type of thing but we'll really go anywhere with it okay Tell us about the process then. Uh, of course, most of the podcasts here at the Sports History Network are one person, or at least hosted by one person, uh, whereas you guys have a team. Yeah, and I'll let Dan sort of fill in any of this that he would like, because he's sort of the uh, the one who, who runs point on it. But we kind of, you know, we come up with a bunch of ideas, and in a large point, in a large part we're still working off our initial list but we've added some since then and then you know for different topics and then we'll kind of flesh out a schedule a few months at a time to make sure we're rotating between sports and eras and you know okay we did a couple of weeks where we were doing lists or mount rushmore's or something like that so let's you know get away from that for a little while so we kind of do that and then we usually record on Wednesday or Thursday night, but that fluctuates. And I do my research over the weekend for the specific episode, assuming it's one that requires research, which most of them do. And then we record over usually Zoom. Um, my brother will send out an invitation and we just kind of we don't usually with some exceptions, but we don't usually say, OK, I'll talk about this and then you talk about this. It's more just we get we know the topic. We assume that each other knows sort of the the high points of what we're going to discuss, and then we just kind of go from there in terms of 
back and forth, but we don't rigidly structure it, I wouldn't think. All right. I would describe it as rigidly structured. Would you, Dan? No, it's not rigidly structured. I think we're really good because, again, these are conversations that we probably would be having anyway. So we have a having known each other for so long, we have a natural banter between the two of us and we we can really go back and forth. A lot of times we find out that in our research we find found out some of the same things. Since we started and kind of even ongoing, I'll you know, I'll send you send Andrew a list and be like, Hey, here's what I'm thinking of for some good topics and he'll send me back some responses and things that he thinks would be good as well. And so it's it's really sort of a very collaborative back and forth and we'll text during the weekend as we're both preparing if we think that maybe something that should have been oftentimes we will find as we start to research you know i'll get a text from andrew where he'll say this is not just one episode we're gonna have to make this into a two-parter so that happens a lot so and i i just i have um i have a lot of books i have a lot of books about sports and so i will sit on my couch in my basement on the on a weekend or on a weeknight if my wife goes to bed early and just take notes and i'll refer back to notes as i as we record the podcast so it's you know the recording and the researching are both a lot of fun the editing maybe not so much but uh, <laughs> hey it's uh it's part of it right well it should be yes i mean in my estimation that's what separates the amateurs from the would-be pros let's say <laughs> exactly any Westbrook Harden problems sharing the ball or anything like that? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Sports History Network Showcase. We'll talk more with the Newman Brothers, host of the Hello Old Sports Podcast, right after, well, right after I tell you about something else. Right, okay. Wanted to tell you about Greenland movie now available on digital blu-ray and dvd gerard butler morena baggerin and scott glenn star in the rotten tomatoes certified fresh pulse pounding disaster thriller greenland when a planet killing comet races towards earth a father and his family make a perilous journey to their only hope for sanctuary while encountering the best and worst in humanity as the countdown to global apocalypse approaches zero own greenland today on digital blu-ray and dvd which includes deleted scenes Feature commentary with director Rick Romanois, and much more. Have either of you guys seen Greenland? I have not yet. I haven't either. No. I was I was discussing this on on the the showcase I did last week, and the thing about this movie is, for about an hour, you're on the edge of your seat. It it is really tense. Uh, there's some nice special effects in here. Uh, if you're the least bit interested in science fiction, you should check it out. It's, it's great. One of these disaster flicks. But the events are often very personal. You know, among the taglines, they're talking about uh, the best and worst of humanity. Well, you get a lot of that. You get a lot of that. You know, the, the Earth's going to be destroyed. But of course, like, people are, you know, looting the stores for the last can of spam. But it's really breakneck. I mean, if, and, and it goes by really fast. So it's like I've been telling people, if you're, if you're really into the fast action adventure movies, check out Greenland. Okay, enough plugging. Let's get back to the sports podcast documents. As I understand it, you guys were recording an episode before coming onto the showcase tonight. Can you give us a teaser 
of the episode? What what are you guys doing uh, for your next episode? So I don't know in what order this is going to air. We actually have uh, we have two episodes that as of now are in the can, and the first is one that um, and this was Andrew's idea initially uh, when we first decided to do the podcast, and we did basketball already, and we're going to do the other sports probably down the line. It's sort of looking at expansion teams and expansion leagues throughout the history of the sport. So we recorded this a couple weeks ago. We talked about the NBA and some of the, the leagues that were sort of the, the forerunners to the NBA. And then we talked about the ABA, obviously, and uh, some of the leagues, you know, the, the smaller leagues, the uh, the ABL, the American Basketball League of the early 60s, and some of those leagues. And so that's, that's going to be the first in one of these series. We're going to do football and baseball at some point down the line, too. The one we recorded tonight was about the Knicks of the 90s and obviously very New York centric. But the, one of the first teams, the first team that I really got into in any sport was the Knicks in the late 80s and 90s. And Andrew, a couple years later, got into them as well. And there's this guy by the name of Paul Nepper who wrote a book called The Knicks of the 90s, Ewing, Oakley, Starks and the Brawlers that almost won it all. And so. It's something we want to do more of, but we haven't had any author interviews yet. It, other than the In Memoriam episode where we brought some of you guys on, we obviously um, – we had never done – we had never done an author interview. So it was something that I thought would be a good idea, and when this book came along, given both of our interest in it, I thought it would be a really good first time to do an author interview. And so it went well. We, we – you know, as – is known to happen. You ask about our process. We always end up talking for a lot longer than we think we're going to. So we, we, we did about an, when we had a hard stop, obviously tonight, cause we had to do this. Um, I think we did probably about what you said, Andrew, about an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes with him. Yeah, it was probably an hour and 40, uh, hour and 45 maybe, but yeah, it was, it was, well, you know, it was getting close to that two hour mark and it probably would have gotten there if we didn't have this. So if you're not going down a rabbit hole, you're not doing it correctly. <laughs> what podcasts are for now? If you want to edit it out, that's another question. But you got to go down the rabbit hole. And that's what makes the podcast. If I could just tell a quick story. When we the first night we sat down to record um, our first episode was the Mount Rushmore of sports for a bunch of cities, New York, D.C., Boston, L.A., et cetera. And then our second two episodes, our second and third episodes were going to be. The all-time roster for the Yankees and the all-time roster for the teams in New York National League. And Andrew and I had the plan going in that we were going to record all of that in one night. <laughs> and looking back now, I think those three episodes combined were about seven hours. Wow. Yeah. So we realized pretty soon that whatever we think we have, we probably have about twice as much. Which is a good problem to have, but it is still, oh, of course, it is still a problem when you factor in, uh, you know, as as we approach ten o'clock here on the East Coast, and I'm like, I'll eat dinner at some point tonight. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I see at least two of the three of us are already celebrating beer o'clock, so you got to get on that, you got to get on that dinner thing. All right, for each of you guys, let me ask you one final. Uh, Actually, this is my penultimate question for each of you guys. Which episode of Hello Old Sports would you recommend to a first-time listener? Um, for a first-time listener, I guess I guess what I'm really asking here is, what's your favorite episode? Which one would you turn people on to first? You know, I really like. Part of me wants to say the In Memoriam episodes that we did because we we touch on so many different things. 
you know, we go from talking about Paul Horning to talking about Rafer Johnson to talking about Roger Kahn, who wrote The Boys of Summer. And so that was really fun because we were like back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and, you know, put a lot of work and effort into those. As far as the one that I think just sort of came out the best, we did a two-parter on the history of the World Heavyweight Boxing Championship. And it was funny, actually, because around the time that we were recording is when I came on your podcast for the first time to talk about the super fight, the Ali Marciano super fight. And Andrew's probably the expert in that more than I am and had a lot of fun with it. And I think we just ended up – it ended up having a lot more fun doing it and just – I think it came out a lot better than I maybe anticipated that it would. And I think maybe the reason for that was that we were able to, in addition to going into facts, we were able to get more a lot analytical, especially about the modern state of the heavyweight championship. So as far as one that I think just came out really well and has some good history but also some really good analysis, that's probably the one I would choose. Now, it's not necessarily indicative of what we usually do because we don't do a lot of boxing content. But I think as far as just sort of the one that I really am proud of how it came out, I think that might be the one I would choose. And I'll go – That was that's a good one, and it's two episodes, and it's probably one I might have picked um, just to sort of kind of go with one that surprised me a little. And it was an early episode, which was we, – we did our first couple of episodes on the Mount Rushmores of each city, you know, sports teams, and then we did the whole – several parts of a – all-time Yankee team and then an all-time New York National League team. Right after that, we did one on the history of Tampa sports, mm. uh, almost as like a palate cleanser. And it was during the World Series when the Rays were playing the Dodgers. And that wasn't something I'd particularly given a ton of thought to in the past. And I realized after we did it, I was like, oh, I really liked that. It was kind of shining light on something I'd never really thought about, you know, sort of the history of the Bucks and the history of the Rays and the Tampa Bay Lightning a little bit. And I think that was one when I kind of realized, like, oh, we're probably going to get an hour and a half out of any topic we pick. (laughs) It's one that I think I – I have a little bit of a soft spot for just because it was the first, like, more concentrated episode where we just took a topic and just kind of went in on it for however long it took. So – I'll say that one just to go off the board a little bit. Wow, you could have gone with just the bandits and the buccaneers for an hour and a half. I mean, that Buccaneers history is fascinating. I I don't know how old you guys were, but I was there for that 0-26 run by the expansion Buccaneers, and that was something else. The biggest point spread of all time ever covered was 28. I believe it went off at 28. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, those Pittsburgh Steelers were playing mm-hmm. those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 28 <laughs> points, and the final score was something like 55 to nothing. It was ridiculous. Jeez. Yeah, but that was awesome. And two years later, they were a game away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, were... 9 to nothing in that bizarre NFC Championship game against my L.A. Rams. <laughs> All right, I got one more for you. Oh, by the way, I should tell you guys, my favorite viewers is probably the 1920s stuff. Thank you. Thank One you. of the things that I keep running into if I do any athlete from the 20th century is what a formative year 1920 is. I mean, you have that. I mean, essentially a five or six way tie in college football. You have baseball. The White Sox go down as the Black Sox in court. Uh, the Yankees start taking over. Babe Ruth starts taking over. Uh, National Football League forms. You know, Jim Thorpe goes nuts. 
1920 Olympics. Wow, just a fantastic formative year. Last question for, again, for each of you guys. I used to do this way back in the day on my now defunct podcast called Taking the Charge. What are your three favorite sports teams? In order, please. The order is what's going to be fun here between the two of us. Yeah. So for me, easily number one is the New York Giants. Um, oh, okay. Football was always my sport growing up. I played football. It's, you know, the Giants are easily number one for me. I would go with the Yankees as number two. Um, you know, I was born in 1986. The Yankees won the World Series when I was in fifth grade. And then again, when I was in seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, in 10th grade, they were was a one a game away from the World Series, or with the Luis Gonzalez year. Two years later, they were back in the World Series against the Marlins. So it was hard not to be a huge fan of that team growing up, where I grew up, when I grew up. So that the Yankees would be two, and then the Knicks would be number three for me. Um, maybe the fact that I just watched them lose by 18 to Orlando tonight. Uh, <laughs> I thought they were on a bit of a run. Um, would potentially knock them off, but, but those would be my big three. Um I know you didn't ask this, but on a lesser standpoint, my college's basketball team, LaSalle, mm-hmm. I have Army season tickets, and then the Islanders kind of round out my second tier. But really, the Giants, Yankees, Knicks have to be one through three for me. Army football, you're talking? Yes, I have. Uh, yeah, about five years ago, I, I live not far from West Point, probably about half an hour uh, just just across the Hudson River. I don't – I always like to specify I – was never in anything approaching the army. Um, <laughs> just so that there's no, there's no stolen valor thing here. I have army season tickets because West point is not very far from here, but about five years ago, I just decided why not I'll get season tickets. So, um, but yeah, that's a relatively newfound thing for me. So um, I love army. I love army. I, I like to bet sports, but I don't bet college football until the army Navy game. We, and I am I've won, I think, the last six years in a row on Army Navy, I, I, both the both the result and the over under. So it's my favorite game of the year right now. I will tell you, having gone the last several years and it's actually coincidentally coincided with the best era of Army football in a very long time. Yeah, I, I now have a very deep admiration for the triple option offense. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. And when people try to tell me it's boring, I will at this point defend it. It's boring when it doesn't work. When it works, it's a thing of beauty. But oh, it is yeah. awesome. My uh, my University of New Mexico Lobos. <laughs> That's my <laughs> team because I'm I'm an alum there. But uh, they we had a few years ago we had one of the ex army coaches and we were running the triple option and we were the number one team in the country in rushing. Yeah, that because we had no quarterback. <laughs> we had. The quarterback from New Mexico who didn't get picked up by a Texas college. That's who we had at quarterback. <laughs> and uh, so literally we were running for 300 yards a game. It was great. Triple option. Triple option freaking rules, especially in college. All right. Dan, what do you say? You know, <clears throat> I'm feeling Nick's at number one. You know, this is the problem for me is that I guess I probably would have to say Nick's at number one, you know, it's hard for me because they've been so bad for so long. (laughs) They've been bad for what? Over 20 years, basically with a few hiccups here and there. We 
one of the times when uh, over the summer when I my wife and I were up in New York visiting our fam- my family, my parents and Andrew, we were we actually were in Andrew's apartment and we were getting ready to go out to dinner and we struck up a conversation and my mother was just appalled at how much money I said I would spend to go see the Knicks. <laughs> win an NBA champ. I don't know whether it was just to go to a finals game or to go see them win a title. I think it was to win a title. Well, I think it was to go see a game where they could win a title because that was the only area where you and I were disagreeing was that the number you were quoting, I just couldn't get there on the chance you go and see them lose. (laughs) I was was like, if you guarantee me that that's the day they're going to win, I'll do it too. And yeah, my mother did not understand that, but <laughs> and it, I think it was like I think it was ten thousand was what I said. I think that's uh, what you said, yeah. Which is, by the way, what it would cost at least. That's oh what yeah. yeah, you're getting a deal on that. Plus, if you get the guarantee, you can turn well, a profit. <laughs> Just go to the sports book, man. Atlantic City's not that far away. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> So just knowing how much it would mean to me, and maybe it's because we just did this other podcast episode and we're talking about all those years and, you know, I was kind of thinking about being a kid. So even though right now in 2021, I probably care less about them than I do about some other teams, deep down, I know that if they ever win it, it'll be so special to me. So that's number one. I'd probably go Yankees number two and then Giants number three. Those are close. Again. Obviously, I you know I do a sports history podcast, so I love history. I love baseball history, and so the Yankees, you know, that's obviously you know if you love history and you love sports history, what better team is there than the Yankees? So Knicks, Yankees, Giants, and then just again to, to cheat a little bit, number four for me is probably the Nationals, the Washington Nationals, having lived in D.C. for most of the last fifteen or sixteen years, and. My wife is from Boston, and so she's a Red Sox fan and a Celtic fan and a Patriot fan. So we don't have a lot of teams in common, and so we have – in fact, we have some teams that are pretty bitter rivals. So the Nationals is sort of the team that we together have rallied around, and that's both of our teams. So for that reason, plus the fact that they just won two years ago, which none of my New York teams show any sign of doing anytime soon. Um, really? Well, the Yankees might. Yeah, see, that's, I, I was just going to say, which of your teams has the brightest future? Yeah, it's the Yankees. Yankees. I mean, you, you shouldn't. You, you, Yankees, just because they're the Yankees. Well, the Yankees so. have just come off a decade. Of course, you guys realize this. The teens was the first decade that they hadn't even played in the series since the 20s. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I guess since the 1910s. I guess since the last teens, yeah, exactly. Right, the right, teens right. are a tough century for the Yankees, no matter or a tough, <laughs> tough decade, decade for the Yankees, yeah. no matter what century it is. Um, so that's my list. Um, yeah, so that's that's my list. I think, you know, now the funny thing is, though, that the happiest I've ever been after a sporting event was when the Giants beat New England in Super Bowl oh. 42. Like that to me, like the emotion I felt that day was like two or three Yankee World Series. So it's, you know, maybe if you ask me in a week, I might organize those three differently. But just thinking of it right now, I'd say Knicks, Yankees, Giants. You guys felt... When you beat the Patriots, especially that first time, you guys felt like the way the Patriots did when they beat Kurt Warner's Rams, basically. It was the exact same game, just like nine years later, basically. There's a lot of comparison there. I think there's yeah. a lot of comparison there, yeah. definitely. Yeah. People forget that the Rams were the Patriots before the Patriots were the Patriots. Well, kind of. 
except it much shorter time period. Like, yeah, much, and the Rams were burst. much flashier. I mean, greatest show on turf. I mean, I think it was that second year, that year that they didn't make the Super Bowl, where the defense had surrendered the most points in history, or at least in the modern era, and the offense had scored the most points in history. I mean, that's what kind of team they were. That was a team unlike no other. And, of mm-hmm. course, so are the Patriots of the last 20 years. Dan Newman, Andrew Newman, thank you very much for being on the Sports History Network Showcase. Keep up the great work for us, huh? Thanks so much for having us, and we're really glad to be part of the network with all these other great shows. Yeah, thank you very much. This has been the SHN Showcase Podcast. We'd like to thank our guests, Dan and Andrew Newman, of the Sports History Network Podcast, Hello Old Sports which can be found at sportshistorynetwork.com or wherever you get your podcast. The theme song for the SHN Showcase is Quartz by Anitech, and also in this episode is an extrapolation from Whitney by Deal the Villain. Both are available through fair use agreement via freemusicarchive.org. SHN Showcase will be back soon with another Sports History Network podcast. Until then... This is Oz Davis saying stay safe and stay historical. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I hope that you enjoyed this recent episode presented by the Sports History Network and were able to learn some good old-fashioned sports history knowledge nuggets. I started the Sports History Network back in 2020 with the mission to help podcasters find a community of like-minded sports history nerds as well as helping aspiring podcasters to start their own shows. We have a little bit over 30 shows on the network right now covering all sorts of sports history, but as far as I'm concerned, we're just at the toothpick in the ocean moment, you know that. Can't even figure it out because there's so much more coming. We wanted to create the ultimate headquarters for sports yesteryear starting with Podcast Network and our website, but we're going to continue to move into other mediums as well. And here's the cool part, because we want you to be part of our team. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast, or maybe being a guest on one of our shows, or who knows, maybe even writing an article for us over on the website. Seriously, all you got to do is reach out to us on the contact page over at sportshistorynetwork.com. You can be as technologically savvy as a Neanderthal tapping on a stone trying to figure out this whole hieroglyphics thing back in the day. Again, it doesn't matter, because even if you don't understand the whole podcast space, we have a production team that can pretty much help you out with doing everything. All you got to do, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com, head to the contact page, fill it out. That message goes right to me, and I'll reach out to you as soon as I can. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through.